the no-name people of faith. Now, if you notice in most of what we talked about working up to here, God gave many of these heroes of faith who are named um, great victories at some point in their life. You know, Moses had his struggles, but he was able to lead the people of God out of Egypt. And though he wasn't able to go into the promised land, that he could see it. And then God set it up for Moses' um, um, assistant, uh, Joshua, to lead the people into the promised land. Uh, most of these people that were named experienced some kind of great victory in this life. But not all those people who are people of faith got to experience that. So here's the first thing I want you to see about faith and about living our faith out. Number one, not all people of faith experience miraculous deliverance. Not all people of faith experience miraculous deliverance. Do not let the wealth and prosperity group of people, and I'm just going to name him, okay? I'm going to name him, and I'm not trying to malign him, but you need to know that there are wolves in sheep's clothing, and I do believe that this pastor is one of them. Don't believe the things that... that um, Joel Osteen is, is throwing your way. He's a prophet of prosperity. And how would that gospel preach in Kenya and some of the places I've been, or in India, or in Venezuela right now? How would some of that preach in Cuba, where I've been and many of us have been before? Not all people of faith experience miraculous deliverance not all people of faith get to live in mansions and drive mercedes and live the opulent life as a matter of fact most people of faith don't and the thing you and i have to keep in mind in verses 35 through 38 is that there were some people that went through some horrific hardships in the old testament and we laid it all out i mean they had their children taken from them. Some women even had their babies cut from their bodies and um, sacrificed to false gods. Some people, because they refused to deny their faith, were sewn in two while alive. Just think about that for a moment. But the Bible says about these people, they were put to death by stonings. Stoning too. They went about in sheepskins and, and, and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, mistreated. They wandered in deserts. These were all commended for their faith. But it says here uh, they were tortured, refusing to be released. They refused to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. You see, these people had a biblical faith. And they knew that God had made promises to the people of God, but they were smart enough and faithful enough to understand that maybe some of these promises and maybe all of the promises that they had read were not meant for them, but for future generations. And that God had something better for them for eternity if they just stayed faithful to him. And so, my friend, I want you to just know this, that being faithful is not always about glorious, victorious things here on this earth. Sometimes it's gruesome. 
and horrific. And you say, why would God allow that? I'm not God. I don't understand all of God's ways. But I know this, that while people are looking at, 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 at here on this earth, God has got an eternal vision and plan. And some of these people understood that. And so, guys, while you're going through difficult situations in your life, just remember, Jesus will always be with you. There are some promises that are there for us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. But it doesn't mean that we're going to be delivered from every bad situation. It just doesn't. Now, I know somebody might say, well, you know, I don't know if I'm, if I'm, if I'm up for that. Well, I, I just want to want to tell you, I mean, Jesus took upon our sin for us. We should have to go through what Jesus did. But we don't, for the most part, most of us don't, because of what he did for us. Second thing I want you to see is that mature faith, and we've talked about mature faith throughout Hebrews 11, but mature faith looks for endurance rather than an escape. Mature faith looks for endurance rather than an escape. I'll tell you this, as an immature Christian, Immature Christians are always asking why, you know, and I mentioned that a few weeks ago. Immature Christians are always upset with God when bad things happen to their life. And they're, they're always wanting an escape. And trust me, I, even as a mature Christian, there, there are many of us, we don't like to go through all those problems, do we? We don't like to struggle the way we do. It's not fun going through those things, but when you grow in your faith, you realize that you must endure to the end. Rather than looking for an escape, you want him to be with you. Sometimes God doesn't deliver you from going into the fire. He gets in the fire with you. And he brings you through. And so these folks are commended People that we don't know their name, they were commended for their faith in verse 39. Yet none of them received what had been promised since God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. So mature faith looks as an endurance mindset. Guys, look, church, look to the big picture we're going to see next week in hebrews 12 where it says that we're to fix our eyes on jesus that's the long-term focus the bible says that the word of god is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path now why, why why both because the lamp is where you are now the lamp unto your feet is where you are now the light unto the path is where you're going. And I think I've given you this illustration before. But when I, when I go hunting in the woods, uh, you know, a lot of guys like to use their headlamp. I only use my headlamp when I'm climbing up the stand. But when I'm walking, because I hunt in Florida a lot. I hunt, we hunt in some snaky places sometimes, right? And, I, and, 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 and venomous snakes. And so, and so, what I'm doing is I have my little flashlight, 
and I'm looking at my feet. Okay, this is where I'm at, and I'm looking at the path, and I'm going ahead. Now I can walk. I don't see anything that can kill me. I don't see anything that will bite me. I don't see anything that I'm going to have to go change my clothes for. So (coughs) I don't see (laughs) any of that because I'm constantly doing that. Well, it's the same thing with the Lord. When we have his word, God will light our We'll, 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 we'll light our feet. We'll, we'll show us, give us where we are. He'll, he'll enlighten us to what's going on. And there are times that he will enlighten us and he'll, he'll, he'll give us an understanding of what's to come. We may not have all the answers, but I'll tell you what he'll do. He will allow you to go through what you're going through now because he gives you maybe a glimpse of what could be. And that's endurance. That's what these people went through. Mature faith looks for endurance rather than an escape. All right? And and going back to the men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, remember what they said? They had an escape. There was an escape from the fiery furnace. All they had to do was when, listen, when when the trumpet blew and sounded, all of Babylon had to bow to the statue, this gigantic statue of Nebuchadnezzar. And I saw a movie showing how this may have been carried out, how the people were all in one giant location, and all of a sudden the sound went out, and everybody bowed down except Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they told the king, they said, King, our God will deliver us. But if he chooses not to deliver us, know this, O king, we shall not bow down to you. And so they had a chance to escape the fiery flames, but they chose not to. And rather, they got to experience something that we're still talking about today. an endurance mindset rather than an escape mindset. Number three, no-name people of faith. People of faith are often mistreated by the world. Y'all, can I say this to you? We have to quit trying to get the world to like us. Lost humanity hates Christians. Lost humanity hates the preaching of the word. They don't want to hear it because it convicts and condemns their sinful lifestyle. Simple. When I heard the word of God and I was living ungodly, it ticked me off. I'm telling you it did. It angered me. And I took it out on the people near me and close to me and kicked them out of my mom and dad's house and said, get out of here if you think I'm going to hell. And they said, we don't think you're going to hell. We know you're going to hell if you don't receive Christ as your Savior. And you're only living the way you're living because you're living in disobedience to God. You don't know Christ as your Savior. And so you're just living in the flesh. You're just doing your thing. The world hates Christianity. Hey, guys at school, quit trying to get your lost friends to accept you and like you. Why don't you just love them and just live for Jesus Christ? And they're going to have to make a choice at some point. 
people of faith are often mistreated by the world. Verse 38 says, And the world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. They were banished from society. Not unlike some of what's going on today. Isn't it amazing that the healthcare workers when the pandemic started were the ones that were praised, were people were, were doing all kinds of things for them, people were, were praising them and all of that. And now those healthcare workers who ref- refused the mandated vaccine are being fired. Isn't that amazing? And in the worldly society we live in right now, if you're unvaccinated, you're filthy, you've got leprosy, you're dirty, you don't belong. That's what the world's saying. The world always does stuff like that. I mean, even to the point nowadays that if you stand for traditional marriage, you might, you, if it's on your social media somewhere, if, if, if people find out about it, you work for a large corporation, uh, you, you, you can be fired. But you know what I say? Don't hide. Believe what you believe and let God take care of you. That's faith. These people did that. There's a way not to be banished from society, and that's to go along. And you don't go along. Because people of faith are often mistreated by the world. You and I should know that, and you, you and I should recognize that. The Bible says, do not love the world or the things in the world. This world is passing away. And I, can I just say this? I, just, I, don't, I don't know how else to say it other than to say this. You know the wealth we accumulate and the stuff we have, it ain't going with us to the next life. Well, let me be grammatically correct. Let me, let me correct that. It's not going with us. It's not. Yeah, it ain't going with us. <laughs> and it doesn't make you better than somebody because you have more than somebody. faith are often mistreated by the by the world last thing i want you to see is this no name people of faith real faith seeks the approval of god rather than the applause of the world real faith seeks the approval of god rather than the applause of the world look at galatians 1 10 look at what the bible says here paul is talking and he's saying this to them he goes Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Think about it. It's a question. Who am I trying to win the approval of, human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Real faith seeks the approval of God rather than the approval or the applause of the world. We had an NFL coach that was forced to resign here recently. I'm not defending John Gruden for being vulgar. Man's a vulgar man. (laughs) I went to a training camp practice. I took two little boys with me at the time. Justin, stand up, please. You make my illustration really, really good. This grown man, okay, you can sit down. This grown man with that big beard and all of that, this big grown man, 
was a little boy one time. And I took him and my son after Tampa Bay had won the uh, Super Bowl. The next summer, we went to a practice at Disney Wide World of Sports to go ski them. They were big Bucks fans, and they wanted to go. So I said, okay, I'm going to take you. I'm not going to tell you what, when we first got there, there was a booth where the cheerleaders were at, and that's where the boys wanted to hang out. But anyway, that's a different story. Uh-oh. Y'all okay? You were eight years old, so, so you can't, you can't, we can't hold you responsible for that, right? Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah, he ended up married a cheerleader, that's right. So anyway, kind of worked out. But we went to, the, to, to that, and there were three football fields. So there was a football field running that way, 100 yards, another one, and then another one. So you had one here, one in the middle, one over there. Coach John Gruden was on the far field. And it would have been like he was standing right there. And every four-letter word known to man was coming out of that man's mouth. So I'm not defending that part of him. But he was canceled because of some emails and some things that he said. And I I don't agree with the way he said it or what he said. But I would fight to the death for him to have the right to believe what he believes. a point he did say a couple of racist things that I totally totally reject and because of that that probably should have happened to him okay I will say that now on the other hand here's what I want want to point out the NFL just announced that they for their halftime entertainment are having Eminem and somebody else and all of that and if you look at the lyrics of their songs They're misogynistic, they degrade women, they glorify rape, they go after homosexuals. Notice the inconsistency of the words. So don't be surprised. And again, I'm not defending John Gruden, I'm just saying the world, (laughs) the world will eat its own. And, and, and they will continue to go after people, and they will continue to go on and on and on and on and on. Don't be surprised if they come after you. That's what I'm saying. And don't seek their approval. Just seek the approval of God. Live faithfully and obediently. Satan is the accuser of the brethren. He's going to accuse you. He's going to use all kinds of things, all kinds of situations to accuse you. The Bible says, do not grow weary while doing good, for in due season you will reap if you do not lose heart. While you're doing good, there are going to be things that happen to you. And the world will jump on something. Have you ever seen something like this? Somebody posts something on Facebook. Well, such and such happened to me. And all their friends immediately start trashing the people or the circumstance of what happened because they know that one person, but they don't know the other side of the story. And listen, don't go to social media to get your approval. Go to God. And if you're obeying God, that's all the approval you need. 
good things seek the approval of God rather than the the applause of the world. So, man, preacher, I wish you'd have something more positive to say. Well, here's the positive. The positive is that, I don't mean to say who had the last laugh, but you know what I'm getting at when I say that. Those who mistreated them, those who cut them in half, those who tortured them, those who banished them from society, those who did all of those things to them are probably in torment in hell right now and have been there for centuries. And yet these people are in heaven And the promises that God made to his people, they have been totally fulfilled on the other side. So there you go. So ultimately, how does this end? You know you're obeying the word of God. It doesn't matter what anybody says. It doesn't matter if your best friend rejects you. It doesn't matter if your spouse rejects you because of your faithfulness to the Word of God. It doesn't matter if someone at school, a teacher, a boss, a family member, you disobey God. When God called Penny and I into the ministry, we had a portion of our family at that time that rejected that call in our life. They rejected it. They didn't support us. They fought us. And they weren't with us. And what I want to say to you about that is that we were young. 19 years old. And 20 years old at the time that that was going on. And we adored our families. And we looked to them for emotional and spiritual strength. But when the call of God came upon our lives and it meant we were moving, we, we saw right away that a portion of our family at the time, it was out of unbelief in their heart. It was out of selfishness, but they wanted us to stay two doors down from them, which we were looking at buying a house and we chose not to buy the house and we chose to move to Dallas, Texas, go to school and go to ministry and we've never returned home ever since. And God showed us as young people where they were coming from and and what their response was and why they were seeking that. And I told them, I said, you know, look, y'all, we've got to do what God says to do. And I I just wonder if we would have capitulated to that where we would be today. That at that moment in time, as young baby Christians, with the call of God placed upon our life, We chose the approval of God rather than the applause of family or the world. And we have no regrets about it. You'll never regret choosing faith and the will of God and the obedience to the word of God. You'll never regret it in your life, ever. So, who are the no-name people of faith? You, me. All of us who've placed our faith in Jesus. Some books will never be written about. Sermons will never be preached about. And within a generation or so, even our own family will forget that we, you know, who we were. 
They'll know about us. Somebody might be able to take them to our graves. I, I, I took Larry and, and uh, Justin to Cherami Cemetery when we went to Hurricane Relief there back in September. I took them to Cherami Cemetery, a gigantic cemetery. Yeah, I got a cemetery. Yeah, I do. And my great-grandparents are buried, a second set of tombs right there as you walk in. They died before I was born. I don't even know their names. I read their names when I go to the tomb site, and I was able to show them. One day, that may happen to you. And your great-great-grandkids and say, hey, that's my great-great-grandmother. That's my great-great-grandfather. But I can tell you this, passed down through our family over the last few generations, that they were people of faith. And then my grandfather became a pastor, and he got saved. And, and then he imparted that into his children, and then they to us. And now we are Christians because of what they did years ago. They may not know who you are. You're no name. But what you did will still be living on through them. People of faith, <clears throat> the no-name people, God knows who you are, and that's all that matters. It doesn't matter the ridicule that comes your way, the world hating on you and hating on me and attacking us. <laughs> Remember when I kind of popped off like a rooster when the Electoral County um, Board of County Commissioners uh, tried to pass some more stupid mandates, and I put a Facebook page, a post to say, enough is enough. I had no idea that it, it, that it, it would garner the interest that it did, and then CB20 interviewed me, and I knew what it meant. I knew what it meant. I knew the moment it was posted, and I started having people text me and say, man, I don't think you want to read the comments. Go watch the video, but don't read the comments. I couldn't help myself. I had to peek a little bit. And I saw some of the comments, and I just laughed. And then I just forgave them. Some of y'all were defending us. I was like, yeah, I want to do that. Yeah, let's do it. But it was it was trash. And I don't speak the approval of those people that don't live in my life, don't live in my world. Doesn't matter to me. <clears throat> because I'm not going to have to answer to them. I'm going to have to answer to God. So you keep that in mind as you live this life. Who are you living for? Are you trying to please men and people or God? If you try to please people, you're never going to please God. Let's pray together. Would you stand with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for the word of truth and that we as people of faith can trust you. And though no one ever remembers our names in the days and generations to come, may the legacy of faith that we've lived 
impact other people's lives. And then may it also be rewarding for us in the life to come. Help us to endure and to trust you because I know that biblical faith is not something we have to get emotional about to drum up. We either have it or we don't. Thank you that we have the examples of these people who chose destitution, chose to have their lives ended rather than to deny their faith and capitulate to the ways of the world. Help us to be strong like that and to trust you. Folks, church, this altar will be open for you and me. I know some of you are going through some very excruciating things, and what you need right now is you need the resolve of faith in your life to never look back and to keep trusting God through it all. And I want you to walk out of here today prosperous in spiritual truth and to know that you belong to God and that He will get you through. But don't lose heart and don't give up. Be faithful to the end. Father, we thank you for it, and we pray it all in Jesus' name. As our worship team leads us, you worship, come to this altar, however God leads you, you do what he says.